Did I fix on the stars all along the highway? She's got a liquid crystal compass, a picture book of the rivers under the Sahara. Welcome to episode 25, yeah that's what it is, of Celluloid Freaks. I'm Chris. I'm Kat. And we're going to be talking about the Avengers. Kat, I had so much fun. Uh, we probably would have had more fun if it weren't for the screaming toddler. <laughs> no. 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 Oh, yes. No. Why? Why would someone bring their toddler? I, I know the answer to that is because people are stupid, but I just... Yeah, I know. It, I mean, the movie's not really that dark or anything, but there's a lot of sharp stuff and noises, and the Hulk is scary. <laughs> oh, the Hulk was just the best part. But, yeah, I mean, we enjoyed ourselves, except that did diminish it because about for about 75% of the movie, there was a toddler screaming. Oh, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. I I mean, there there were people who were making noises throughout the movie, but that's because this is a movie that sort of required exclamations from the audience. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, and the laughing and stuff, that was fine. And you know what's really sad? The people who were next to us were a group of teenagers, and they were fine. What do you mean they were fine? They were fine. They made... They made some noise, like normal people noise, but they weren't screaming, yelling, kicking, throwing shit, or anything like that. It was the grown adult with her baby. That was the problem. That sucks. That really sucks, especially because, yeah. I mean, this is my single greatest experience in the theater uh, this year. I mean, really? I, laughed, I laughed a lot at Cabin in the Woods, but it still wasn't all that great a movie. But the Avenger, I just... I sat in all. I was like a five-year-old watching this movie. I I laughed more during Twenty One Jump Street. I did realize that, but I I liked the Avengers. It was good. And, I mean, there were some really really funny parts. Yes, well, it's not even just the funny. Uh, it's the drama. It's the action. It's certainly that there's a better visual sense to this movie than. Michael Bay's Transformers movies. Oh, God. No like, kidding. During the climactic scene uh, near the end, you really could tell where everything was in relation to everything else, and you, it, you just can't with a Michael Bay movie. It's just a bunch of stuff exploding, and this one had a lot of visual sense to it, and I think the whole movie had a lot of visual sense. Uh, its biggest asset uh, being an ensemble cast that actually works so well together in a way even better than most ensemble movies. Like, this isn't sort of a Dirty Dozen kind of thing where you have some characters who are more important than the others uh, and things like that. I mean, at all points during the movie, whenever it was somebody's given scene, it felt like the, the entire movie was about them. Well, one thing I mentioned to Brandon is I think actually this movie in a lot of ways was better than some of the singular movies because, like, Thor... And characters like that do better in an ensemble, especially the Hulk. He was better as part of an ensemble instead of the star of his own movie. 
Well, I have only seen Iron Man as far as as far as these go. Um We we saw Thor and Captain America. Yeah, I, so I don't know how this stacks up as a movie when you make it part of the Marvel movie verse, but I know that as a movie on its own, I felt like it was a perfect ensemble cast. Nobody felt like they were left out. Nobody was given short shrift. Um, I think that's the phrase. It was all... It all came together very well. I liked the character interactions. I liked the character um, progression throughout the course of the movie. And how real... Everybody in that group needed someone else to help them move along. Um... I really loved, as far as the character interaction goes, the fact that at one point during the movie, everybody seemed to be fighting against everybody else in the Avengers. And yeah. it, it showed how evenly matched they all were for each other. So when it came time to fight the big bad, really, you knew how well they could all stand together in a fight. I can see that. I'd agree with that. Um, and I liked... One thing I did like with the internal fighting was it it did really display their different characters, their different personalities. Yeah, absolutely. Thor and um, no, I'm sorry, um, Tony Stark and Captain America were were two that were really they're they're you know two sides of the same coin. They're both they're both really good at strategizing. You know, mm-hmm. Cap- Captain America's sort of traditional, you know, f- field commander, uh, whereas Tony starts a bit of a rogue, and um, at certain points he comes across as uh, as the kind of guy, he, he goes into battle without even having a full-formed plan of how he's going to win it, and Captain America's much more uh, tactical much and thinks things through a lot better. But as a team, that's how it works out. Uh, to an amazing advantage between them. Um, some of the best moments in the f- final fight, I think, were um, uh, the Hulks, though. He owned it. Yes, I agree. I feel like... Um, I know that I, I said that you know everybody felt like the most important character in the movie. Um, but I, I think the Hulk is probably my favorite, if I had to choose. Iron Man's my favorite, but I just like Iron Man. <laughs> I am, um, the pacing, too, was astoundingly good. I, I came out of the movie, it had been two hours, 20 minutes, and that didn't feel like it. It didn't really feel like it to me, except for when the kid was crying. <laughs> but, God, you know. It's <laughs> so terrible. No. no, I mean, I I thought it started a little slowly, but at least we didn't have to get as much backstory on the characters I because of the other movies heartedly it started slowly i mean within the first 20 minutes the avengers aircraft carrier happened really yeah that was practically immediately i think it felt like it anyway and if it wasn't if it was after 20 minutes then the time flew by for me I just, um, I was impressed by how this movie, this movie's ability to keep going and going and going and doing things. And it, you know, gives you a breath of fresh air for a second. You know, just sit there, relax, and now there's more action! 
More things happening! Expertly paced, in my opinion. The only downside I really did see a little bit, though, was... Scarlett Johansson sometimes was good, but sometimes she was a little... Blah. I, I disagree. I don't really have all that great a reason for disagreeing. I just think, you know, she was alright. It's Scarlett Johansson. I will watch any movie she is in. Especially if she wears that outfit in every movie she is in. <laughs> I, You know, I've come to think of it, I mean, Black Widow and Hawkeye are characters without superpowers, so that's, that really requires a little more um, characterization. So I really loved her interrogation technique. That was a great little... Bit. I agree. I, I did like that. And I also... I did like that they made Loki a little less of a joke than he could have been. Do I mean guy running around with horns on his head? Could have been a little goofier than it was. Well, he was certainly hammy, though. And to be fair, though, he's he's there's a lot of humiliation going on with Loki in this movie. Yeah. Um, a great villain. I didn't feel he was neutered, but you know he was he wasn't an ineffectual villain. But but he does suffer hu humiliation, which is just wonderful. There are a lot of amazing bits of writing at work in this movie. Um, the way the characters interact, the way the characters are uh, made, and the way they are played by their actors. Uh, I won't say that the acting's incredible. There's nothing um, phenomenal about the performances, but they all work. No, but they do have some really decent actors. I mean, like, Mark Ruffalo is a good actor. He's been very, you know, good in a lot of movies I've seen. And, um, he's a better Hulk. Downey, he, he's a great Hulk. He's good at being very subdued without being too boring. Yeah. Well, he got the Hulk's twitchiness. That, like, mm -hmm. Bruce Banner, or um, Robert Bruce Banner, as his character is supposed to be, but I guess everybody just calls him Bruce I don't know, a little fun bit of trivia. I didn't know until, like, a couple years ago that his real name was actually Robert Bruce Banner. And for some reason on that show, they freaking changed it to David. Um, but I, I, I have always loved the Hulk. Um, and maybe that is the reason why I love him in the movie. But um, Mark Ruffalo played him so well. The twitchiness, the awkwardness. He was, like, borderline Asperger's. And abs just... Got, got that perfect mix of socially uncomfortable, um, tortured genius. I agree. I I also liked seeing him interact with Iron Man because they're both doing somewhat of the same thing. Yeah, they're both but, scientists. Yeah, but with such completely different styles. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Dr. Banner's much more responsible. Yes. <laughs> and, um... I think, I mean, Tony Stark, his ca he's made out of being cavalier about everything. Yes. Great moment is when he actually pokes Dr. Banner with a, with a stick, like a, an electric prod, a mini prod, and just kind of looks into his eyes and see if he's going to change. Yeah, I like that. It's like, and I mean, this was in the previous, but it's like, oh, you're so smart. Your paper's great. And I'm a really big fan of, you know, the turning green and being completely angry at everyone. <laughs> But um, oh, 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 I um, I'm not doing this enough justice as I never do enough justice for anything. Um, but I I 
This is pro- this is definitely the favorite movie I've seen all year. Wow. I I don't know. I first I know it's going to sound sad, but for some reason I actually think I like 21 Jump Street a little better. <laughs> I had I thought it was funny. I laughed a lot. No, I laughed a lot at 21 Jump Street too. 21 Jump Street is definitely it was definitely more more funny than it had a right to be. And I mean, it's not like it's this big head and shoulders above this movie. I guess I I think I'd like to see Avengers again in a maybe a little better setting, and I would probably like it a lot better. I saw it in a great setting, and I still want to see it again. <laughs> but I did say if we saw it and we liked it, maybe we'd go back and see it in 3D sometime during like an early showing or something. Oh yeah, I saw it in 2D and really didn't matter to me. I can't imagine what 3D oh. would add to it. I agree. I we did have a discussion about what movies would probably be more worthwhile to spend the 3D money. <laughs> I, I don't. I can't imagine anything. I mean, Hugo was great to see in 3D. The next movie I see in 3D. If they make another Jackass movie in 3D, I'll see that. Yeah, that actually was really funny in 3D. Like Avatar, you kind of had to see in 3D. I saw that in 2D. Really? Yeah. It still looked pretty so but i mean i i really did enjoy it and it was kind of cool because we had seen the other movies and when they talked about the tesseract brandon was like that's the thing that they found in captain america i'm like dude that's right like i had forgotten that and then the one guy that what's that loki turns the scientist guy we recognized him from thor yeah and from girl with the dragon tattoo which added a new element yeah, it's <laughs> he gets around. Well, I mean, because he plays the same character in Thor, so it, yeah. it was nice to have the background, although it wasn't necessary. But it was it was nice to see how the movies had interplayed with one another. It was, and I I can't just, I haven't seen uh, Captain America, but I'm wondering if if that Tesseract thing does that mean I should put a spoiler alert for Captain America, or no? No, no, that is something they are searching for. And stuff like that. Oh, okay. In, in Captain America, it's not really that spoilerish. And yeah. one thing I liked as, about the movie is I did like how they came together as a team. Not like, hey, yes. you guys are a team now. They kind of chose to do it in their own way. They let it kind of happen organically. And well, I mean, they did that by, like I said, the confrontations they all had with each other throughout the movie paved mm-hmm. the way for them joining together. And it, I think it's a brilliant structural idea. Um, I mean, you have this ass-kicking force, but you get to see them be a force before they do the ass-kicking. Yes. Well, and uh, I liked that, that Nick Fury is there, but he's not being like a puppet master. Well, he t- is in a little way, but not... Yeah. Yeah. He's not Professor Xavier. I was hoping that I'd, I'd hear Samuel L. Jackson say the F-word, but he didn't. No. He did say stupid-ass idea. Yes, and we did get to see Harry Dean Stanton. We did! How awesome is that? And I I, I, I don't know if this is why they did it, but my most iconic memory of Harry Dean Stanton is him going, Avenge me! Tell me you know what movie that's from, please. Oh, of course. It's from Red Dawn. Although I I always see him as Andy Walsh's dad from Pretty in Pink. Ah. But But, I was just like, holy shit, he's still alive. Yay. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's the little things. It's like, well, sweet, awesome graphics. Although, uh, there was one point in time, and this isn't too spoilers, but, I mean, you know war is coming. You know, there are going to be bad guys and stuff's happening. And there's one point in time where people are, like, standing at the windows looking at stuff while things are, like, flying past. And I'm like, really? I get that you want to see what's happening, but I'm like, then they're like, oh, my gosh, it's coming towards us. Get standing right by the window, people. Well, it was there to set up the, well, yeah. there's a certain thing. And, and um, But, you know what I mean? I just kind of laughed at that. <laughs> I, it was um, overall just an absolute absolutely amazingly entertaining time at the movies. Um, are you ready to give our scores? Yeah, I can give a score. Okay, well, I'm giving it a perfect four out of four. I'm not saying the movie is perfect. But, but entertainment-wise, it's perfect. Yes, it is. It's the same reason. This is, no, this is also nowhere near as good as movies like Hot Fuzz are, but, I mean, it's the same reason I give movies that aren't like these really dramatic and important message movies and blah, 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 or, you know, a perfect score. It's just so absolutely well done in so many respects. I can't not give it the highest score possible. Well, no, it's not, it's, it's by a thousand times, it's not as close as, to as good as The Godfather is, which I give the same score. But at a certain point, I can't measure anymore. No, so it's it like my Richard, highest score. Richard Roper talked about something like that on... Ebert and Roper back in the day. And, like, he gave thumbs up to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. And Ebert's like, what? And he's like, dude, people that like this kind of movie are going to go there and they're going to really enjoy it. So I'm going to give it a thumbs up. No, it's not Shakespeare or, or Shakespeare in the Park <laughs> or anything like that. You know what I mean? But if, if it's a good movie, it's an enjoyable time, then give it a good score because – well, it's, and it's not even me saying it's good for what it is. It's just good. It's flat out good. It's I would flat give out it, great. Yeah, I would give it four and a half out of five right now. All right, all right. So I guess we can move on to what we've been watching in the past little week. And I have a couple, or rather, three, not just two. I sometimes use the word couple to mean more than two. I gotta stop doing that. But I have seen. Thank you for smoking which I thought was amusing. It was kind of fun. It didn't really leave all that great an impact on me, but, I, I mean, it's not something I regret watching. I think, you know, there were moments I did laugh out loud. David Koechner was pretty good as one of the one in the Ministry of Death, and I think, oh, God, was it Annette Benning? No, it wasn't. Who the hell was the woman? I am so freaking bad with names. I had it, before, but it doesn't matter. Like, Everybody in the movie was really good. Um, it, it was amusing. It wasn't great, but I enjoyed it. After that, I saw The Descendants, which... And this was after uh, Matt harped on it for, like, three episodes in a row. Um, and I really loved The Descendants. Is that that George Clooney thing? Yes, it is that George Clooney thing. And it's also the movie that gave Dean Pelton his Oscar. Okay, I'm going to... IMDb, who that is, but uh, it, it, Dean Pelton from Community. He's also he also played Andrew in Reno 911. Andrew, the creepy guy who was at the brothels all the time. Yeah, I've seen like an episode of Reno 911. Okay, but um, yeah, the sentence was just a really a really nifty movie. I won't say it was nice because it kind of deals with some really upsetting issues, um, but it deals with them lightly 
and there are still some pretty funny moments, especially involving uh, George Clooney's littlest daughter in the movie. She's hilarious. Um, and I, I think I th- thought it was a really great movie. Um, and then I saw Black Swan, which I kind of wish it were better. I still think it's good, but man, if David Cronenberg had made Black Swan, it would have been a lot better. I I should rewatch that one again someday. Uh, but I don't I agree with you like it's beautiful, but it's almost like it kind of trips occasionally or do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um and it's nothing against Darren Aronofsky. He made a really good film. Uh just that movie is well within David Cronenberg's wheelhouse. Like the idea of bodily transformation and psychological transformation is just right up his alley. Plus like this just I don't know if you're dealing a movie, uh, dealing with a movie with sex and bodily transformation and mind transformation and all sorts of trippy weird crap. David Cronenberg's your guy. I think my issue with it is it's it's not weird enough and not normal enough. It it's a little too in between. Do you know what I mean? That is a perfect explanation for it, actually. Okay, so it's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and I, I enjoyed it, and I could see myself watching it again, but, um, man, do I really... You look at something, and you just hate it for what it's not. I get what you mean. I, I agree. I also... I mean, for granted, I let my experience at movies color me too much. It was a little awkward, because I went and saw that with a friend of mine who she and I haven't really hung out alone too much. And it's kind of weird to see that with another girl that you don't know that well. <laughs> it was kind of like when I watched Bram Stoker's Dracula with my guy friend when we were like 13, 14. And then there were boobs and it was like, hey, yeah, about that. <laughs> so what did you watch? Uh, we watched, we caught up on Modern Family. Excellent. I think I'm still about three episodes behind. We watched. We we were three episodes behind, and we watched them. And I I love that show. I mean, I liked that they kind of put a whole episode around Phil and Claire's son. I have no idea what his name is right now. Luke. Yeah, Luke. Luke deals with someone's death, and it's just interesting because they usually don't have much character development for him. <laughs> They're going to have to. They're all kids and they're all growing. Yeah. And he still doesn't have a lot of character development, but the character development he has fits his character, if you get what I mean. Yeah, nothing nothing out of left field. No, uh, as TVTropes.org p- puts it, ass pull. Uh, no, just it's... Pull, pull, just, you know, making stuff up because, you know. Right. It's not like his, his the person he knows dies and he's, like, crying and hugging his mom and stuff like that. Actually, Claire's kind of like, um, Luke, you are not even dealing with this. He's like, eh. And then you do see that he does deal with it, but he does it in his own way. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it, yeah. it, it was good. And when you see it, I think you'll get... And we watched some Parks and Rec. Of course. Which we still need to finish catching up on that, but that was... It was good. I got to see well, a bunch of animals. Now, what was the last episode you saw? It was the one where April put together the pet adoption. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And I, lo- I love Tom's little uh, poor, uh, picture he gave her at the end. Oh, yeah. With Tom's How- picture built yeah. into it. <laughs> How did you get in there? Must be a model or something. 
and I love um, Ann Perkins there. And it's like, I am ready to say I love you to Tom's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at all these blankets. Yeah. Brilliant. And there's coconut water and amenities. Always amenities. He's in so much debt. Yeah. I know. Um... I, I liked seeing Ron try to do yoga and be honest about it. <laughs> well, the well the meditation was the 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 yeah. best. Yeah. Like his trick for his trick for getting through meditation was meditation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sit down. No, I'll stand. <laughs> How about just not try? <laughs> yeah. And Ron's definitely got a soft spot for Chris Traeger. Oh, he does. And April, of course. Of course. That's like the daughter he never had. Yeah. You hate everyone. I love you. <laughs> exactly. Ugh. And um, we watched more Battlestar. Now tell me, what what episode are you up to now? See, today we just watched the one where um, one of the Cylons comes back and Kara has to torture him. Oh. Oh, man. Oh, man, oh, man. I got to give the writer some credit because I did not want to punch Sharon in the face. And this has been the first episode in a while. Because she wasn't on that much. And she was actually pretty decent. Sharon's terrible. Yeah. Well, and I'm sorry, but Sharon might as well just spray paint on herself. Hey, I'm a Cylon. Ask me how. Because, like, she's going and petting the Cylon pet flyer thing. Treat it like it's an animal. I'm going to sing to it and coo at it and pet it. It's, I don't think she realizes what she's doing. I know, but it's not very subtle. <laughs> well, of but, course not. Yeah. I mean, she's worried about it. Yeah. I don't it's, know if she exactly suspe suspects exactly what's going on. Oh, she does. She tells her boyfriendy person that she is a Cylon and then goes and has the test done. She doesn't... I don't think... Wait, she doesn't say she's a Cylon. She says she's worried that she is, I think. No, she tells the guy, I'm a Cylon, and he's like, yeah, right. Then she goes to Dingleberry. And, Baltar. Yeah. You don't like Baltar? You like Baltar? He's awesome. He's psychotic. I know. And, that's why it's awesome. And his hair uh, hair makes Farrah Fawcett's hair look like nothing. Well, I don't know about the hair. It's just he is hilarious. Did you at, at any point get to the point where Kara uh, walks in the room while he's fantas while he's having the the fantasy about six? Um, I'm not sure. He's doing that thing where she's talking to him, and Kara walks walks into the room while she's while he's talking to um, Head Six. I don't think we've gotten there yet. Oh, God, this show just gets better and better with every passing episode. You just need to catch up so we have things to talk about. But the other thing we watched was Frisky Dingo. I don't know. It's an Adult Swim cartoon. Kind of like ah, Apocalypse okay. and Squidbillies. Uh, okay. But it's got a guy named Killface, and this guy who's like a wannabe Batman, but way lamer than Batman is. And <laughs> that guy, his name is Xander Cruz, and he has this X Factor or X Force superhero that he is, <laughs> X and the Exticles, his little sidekicks. 
and he sees Killface, Awesome X, that's his name. He sees Killface's, Killface has this rockety thing he's going to use to propel the Earth into the sun, the Annihilatrix, and he wants a, a, an ad campaign for it, so he ends up sending out these postcards with him and the Annihilatrix behind him saying, Welcome to You Are Doom, because it's Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. And <laughs> Xander Cruz has gotten rid of all the bad guys <laughs> in the city, and now he needs a new bad guy, and he's going to make toys of bad guys, so kids will buy the toys and his toy, and he decides that Killface should be the guy. And, like, the first episode, Killface has these UC, USC film students trying to do a film for him to advertise his Annihilatrix. And, like, he talks to them, and he's like, blah, 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 it's like, it's like Shelly, and la, la, la. And they're like, huh? He's like, you Philistines! Shelly's a dude! Did you even know that? What school did you go to? And then, like, he kills one of them. And he kills more people, because he's the bad guy. <laughs> and at one time, he tells his assistant, he's like, we need to decorpse the place. De Wait, what? De I like Decorp that one. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I liked it enough that we named our Guitar Hero Metallica band Decorpser. Very nice. <laughs> and his son, he has this son who's this little mumbly pegs doughboy. And every time he has, like, serially knocks it off the counter. And one of our cats loves to knock glasses and everything over and so oh, I had all amounts of enjoyment watching him because I'm like look he's weird and knocks shit off the counter it's like the ass <laughs> man it, it, I think I think there's definitely we should probably make the focus of the show into more comedy movies than drama because clearly it's just more entertaining yeah, I know, drama's good to talk about every once in a while, but I think, just like in the Oscars, comedy just way gets overlooked, because it, it can be hard to really make someone laugh, and really make them just enjoy something, and that's one of the best things in life, you know? Yeah. It's like the fucking Catalina wine mixer. The fucking Catalina <laughs> wine mixer. That still makes me laugh. <laughs> exactly, I mean, see? Really, just the concept of a 1980s Billy Joel cover band. Exactly. We were making dinner the other night, and we play music while we make dinner, and Brandon's like, what the hell is this fucking song? Is this 1980s Billy Joel? And was actually, it? Yes, it was, because I have a Billy Joel station on Pandora. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but he was like, Damn, we only that's... play 80s Billy Joel, so take your skank hooker wife and get the hell out of here. <laughs> yes. Of course. I mean, I really want someone to have a 1980s Billy Joel cover band. It's got to exist. You know it does. No, I need to tell our local pseudo-watering hole place that does music and it's always crappy anyways that they should have a 1980s Billy Joel cover band because, I mean, it can't be any worse than some of the other shit they have. The blues band was actually pretty decent, though. <laughs> I don't know. I, I um, I don't know. Very, very few blues bands I like, mostly because they're the type of people that shouldn't have anything to sing the blues about. Well, this wasn't like slow blues. This was more jazzy blues, not southern rock. But do you know what I mean? The kind of it was good. It was they played like Jimmy Ray Vaughan. Jimmy Ray Vaughan. I'm sorry. I don't know where I got the word Jimmy. <laughs> I'm confused usually, and I'm tired. 
No, they played Stevie Ray Vaughan, and they played some other stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like that, not like stuff you in an elevator. <laughs> All right, well, I think that about does it for Celluloid Freaks for this week. Okay. Have a good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.